Good morning. Uh, my name is Eric Van Zee, and um, I'm a pastor, uh, family pastor, and I work with missions as well um, here. And just wanted to welcome you today. As Margaret said, it is Student Ministry Sunday, and so um, it's just a privilege for us to be able to do this. Um, to have some of our students um, lead in worship and, and the, all the other things that are going on today. So um, thank you for letting us do that. Um, I've been doing student ministry for 20 years. No, I'm not that. I am that old, but, um, but I do. Um, um, I, don't, I don't look it, right? right? It's not. Come on. Though it takes its toll. But anyway, that's a different issue. Um, but I love student ministry. Um, I love um, students. Um, they really are the best. Um, young adults are, um, they have this contagious energy um, that they come with and about life. Uh, the world is opening up to them like never before. And uh, they're starting to ask all kinds of questions, like really good questions, and really wanting to know more about this world that they find themselves in because they just, it starts to expand there. And then they start to ask, what is this? What is this about? What's going on? And um, their, their brains are literally just exploding with new capabilities, right, and new things. And uh, you're kind of like, you know, oh, you know, teenagers, they act so fun. They have a lot going on, they, and their world is really opening up. And um, I get a front row seat to that. Um, I love, I wish all of you, I wish all of you could see what I see. I mean, well, I mean, some things you can't unsee. There's a few things that, part of doing student ministry, that you may not want to. But, but in general, it is so much fun to see um, what God is doing in their lives. Students are usually asking three um, basic questions. You know, they're asking, who am I? Uh, where do I belong? And uh, what difference do I make? Um, and the church is uniquely poised to, to be able to answer those questions, and we're in a good spot to walk along student, long, alongside students as they, as they ask those, and, and we get a chance to, to help them answer that. Um, we had one of our college students, Leah, put together, um, Mustin put together um, a short video um, of some of our Green Tree students and some of their experience here. So here's a short clip. Being welcomed here at Green Tree, basically they're like in your face a lot, so like they're like making you like be happy and stuff. But they're doing it in a nice way. But basically, like being welcomed at Green Tree is like everybody's here, everybody's different, so they like like diversity and stuff. So like they like don't judge you, and they're just like understanding people. When I needed a place to belong, Green Tree was that place. Uh, I made my best friends here, and I got to grow a lot spiritually with people that wanted to do the same. Um, and I got to share my musical talent also with that. I think one of the reasons I feel like I belong at Green Tree is just because when you walk in or when you're invited, um, you are just immediately welcomed by the people who work here or the students already involved. And it's, you're never left out. Someone's always there to involve you or to teach you or to help you through something you're going through. And there's just always a place welcome for you. There's always a chair open. There's always somewhere to pull up a chair. It's just, there's just always a place for you to learn and be a part of what's going on. 
So from seventh grade on, uh, Green Tree gave me a place to belong. I really got to develop relationships with everyone, and I think that's a key experience that I've had at Green Tree. Uh, just getting to develop personal relationships with leaders and students and my friends, and um, they've all helped me grow in my relationship with Christ. As you can see from the video, um, there's a lot of variety of, of stories um, that, that come into our ministry, and they all add to that complex tapestry um, that we see in our student ministry, and it is, it is so fun to watch that. Um, there's many different avenues um, from which kids end up in our student ministry, and we give God glory for that, and we give Him glory for the ways that they're growing in their faith um, and, and continue just to, to grow in knowing Him. However, our journey um, is not done. It is not over. Our job of walking alongside students is not complete, um, in some ways far from that. And so um, this morning, um, I do get a little bit of my um, inspiration from a few books I, I, I read. I read a few books, um, not many, but, but um, Kara Powell and, um, and uh, Chap Clark um, from Fuller Seminary actually went to, to Fuller for a year, and they, they've done extensive research on student ministry. And, um, and I just want to make sure I give credit to, especially to Kara, who wrote this book, um, Growing Young, and it's talking about churches, in a sense, what, what make churches grow young um, in that and continue to reach uh, the next generation. And so um, I just, it was just, um, it's prof- she has profound writing, and it was just really good. One of the saddest things, though, um, and scariest things from Chap Clark's research is that 40 to 50% of our young people, um, after they leave high school, walk away from their faith in college. Um, did you hear that? I mean, half of our youth group kids walk away from their faith and drift away from God and their faith community when they get to college. And as a whole, um, families um, and our churches um, haven't done a great job of passing on the baton of faith and been very effective in doing that um, for the next generation. And if we don't learn from that and, and don't change course in some ways, I just will we'll continue to repeat that. And I don't want that to be true for us, and I don't want that to be our story. Um, the last thing that I want for Green Tree um, is for this verse from Judges 2.10 to be true of us. And that generation also were gathered to their fathers, um, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. It's just one of the saddest verses to me in the Bible that, that the next generation didn't grab hold of, of the, the glory of God and who he was and having faith in him. And I really do want our story to be different um, than that. And so our sermon in a sentence this morning is if we desire the next generation to be deeply rooted in their faith, and I'm thinking we're going to say yes to that, we must wholeheartedly wrap our arms around our young people and let them know that they are loved and cared for by their Savior and their church family. So if we want them to be rooted in faith, we must wholeheartedly wrap our arms around our young people and let them know that they are loved and cared for by their Savior and by their church family. Both those things need to be true. And the real question this morning for us, I guess the answer is how. How do we, how do, we do that? How do we help our students become deeply rooted in faith? How do we wrap our arms around them and, and let them know that they are cared for, that they are loved, how do we give um, the, our young people uh, the provisions that they need, right, to journey in this life? Uh, they need that. 
And for, for us to be able to share, right, the provisions, we must have those ourselves. And so we all must be growing in our relationship with Jesus so that we have something to, to share, to, to pass on. So it, it is on us to have that. And so what does that look like? Well, it, we're getting up from um, one verse this morning. So you have one verse to look at. It's a good verse. It's a foundational verse for our student ministry. Um, it comes from 1 Thessalonians 2.8. Uh, because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And I think we, we can do this verse in a sense by, by three things. By sharing, sharing our hearts, sharing our lives, and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we do those three things, there's not a, there's not a magic formula. I'm not into to that. And just saying if we just, but there is something about if we follow these three things um, that our students will be deeply rooted. Let's change that statistic about um, our students going off to college, um, and we, it takes us rolling up our sleeves um, and getting um, getting our hands dirty, maybe a little bit of dirt underneath your fingernails. Uh, to tend that community, community garden. You, ever, you know, people have those, those community gardens of faith. It's a community garden of faith. That's, what this, that's, that's the vision that, that I see of what we're doing, working with students and our children as they grow up from second grade um, on up. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for loving us. I pray that you would turn our hearts to the next generation. Help us prepare them for the journey in this life. Give us a vision to care and nurture them well. Help us pray for them. Give us the courage and the wisdom to pass on the good news of the gospel to our young people. Amen. Not sure if any of you guys like to garden. Do we have any gardeners here? So we've got a few people that like that. Um, vegetable gardens. I mean, I... I I tried it. Um, I had some nominal success at um, a vegetable garden. Uh, my vocational garden, uh, my, my vocational calling, not garden, my vocational calling hasn't really translated well into tending to a garden because I would, I would leave for weeks on end. And so my garden would start off like this, um, you know, well, not quite like that. That's my brother's garden right now. So kind of taken to some credit that's not mine, but I didn't have a good picture, and he, he obviously does. But um, so he's, he, we have, my, my grandparents were farmers, you know, my brother's, you know, a gardener. I mean, it's in the family, but so I think I'd have potential, but my gardens usually look like this, you know, after the summer. And it's just, it's just you know, I don't know. I, I really would go away for a few weeks and, and um, you know, no one, no one seemed to, you know, keep up with the weeds, and so that's what it would be like. Um, I think this, we have the same issue, though, kind of as churches. Like when our kids are, you know, are young in the church, we, we care well for them. We get started. We're doing really well with that, you know. And then they hit adolescence, and we're kind of like, well, you know, we spend a little bit less time, and we kind of let them start to fend for themselves. And um, it's such a critical age that I just, I just don't think we can do that. Um, we cannot afford to do that. We can't afford to let them just um, fend for themselves. Uh, this morning, I want to do two things. I want to thank Green Tree um, for one, because they have made student ministry a priority, and I want to thank them for for doing that. There is there is concern and an understanding that um, it's critical that we care for our young people uh, that God has brought to our church. But also, 
um, I don't want to stop there. I want us to continue to shepherd those that God has, has continued to bring to us. And there's, there's a lot of them, and there's a lot in our community. And, and so there's a lot of shepherding and a lot of care and a lot of tending that needs to be done. And I want to challenge us all to get on board with doing that. Because if we stop prioritizing young people, um, it'll probably be, it'll end up like my, like my grass seed did about a month ago when um, I planted it in my front yard. My dog tore up my front yard this year. It was mud. And uh, so I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this right, you know. So I, 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 I put grass seed down. I, I even did the straw. You know, I mean, it, it looked nice, you know. And then literally that night, um, it was going to rain, but I was just like, oh, that's good. And yeah, it was like one of those big, you know, downpours. It was like the biggest rain we had in St. Louis, right? That one just, and, and I literally, I watched it go above the straw, like float up my grass seed, right? Up and then down the yard and then down the street. And it was just, it's like, there it goes. It's gone, you know, and I was so mad. Um, I was gonna, it was going to be such a good year for, you know, green grass in the front yard because all my other neighbors are like, you know, they're killing it. And um, they're, it's really good. We're, the, we're that guy, on the, you know, on the, yeah. But anyway, I don't want our kids to get washed away, you know, by the, the current of the culture and just where it's taking it. And it's, and it's going fast, you know, it's going fast. And I just, I don't want that. I want our kids to be deeply rooted. And I want that to happen um, this is our student ministry logo. Um, you might have seen it. You may not know what it was, but um, it is a tree, and it's got, you know, nice big roots going down. Um, we had it that way because our small group ministry is uh, called Roots, right? And so it's, it's for a reason. Um, we want that to happen, have them develop deep roots here. Um, and so by doing that, and how we do that is if we want them to be deeply rooted, we start off by first thing is sharing our hearts. Uh, young people need us to care, um, to, to, uh, to show them our love that we have for them. It's kind of a, a, just a change in posture or a, a continued change in posture, a movement towards um, our teenagers and our young adults that would demonstrate that we have compassion, that we have care for them. Um, do you think that's what teenagers generally face when they walk into churches in America? You know, do they, do they face that? Um, honestly, it's just hard for us to get teenagers to, to walk into a church, right? Um, that can be hard enough. And then when they do, I wonder if that's what they feel, if they feel wanted and accepted. Um, I'm not here to, to load us on with guilt and just, you know, and, and guilt us all into that. I just, I just, I know um, that young people need us. They need us, and they need us to care and to have empathy. And empathy is one of the things that they're, they're really seeking after. Um, and they're looking for people who are going to be authentic with them. This generation is growing up with a hunger uh, um, for real connection. That's a good thing. Like, they want real connection. Um, and they, um, but they're really, they're, they're really going through a lot. And a lot of them are going through um, so much. And some of them have turned, you know, to places that they, they shouldn't, right? There's drugs and alcohol. Um, we just had a conference here called Risky Behavior with a lot of cops and a lot of um, um, people that are working in um, rehab and things like that, and just talking about there's an epidemic, and it's and it's and it's not like it's just way out there. It's in our community and our surrounding areas. Like in some ways, we're kind of like the, an epicenter. We're like it's 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 ground zero here. There's there our kids, our kids are hurting, and they need something to fill that hole that we all have, right? And and really, I think that that need of community and of connection and care can fill that hole instead of um, drugs and the other things that they do. Often when we talk about teenagers, we think of, you know, hey, get off your smartphone, right? You know, like, get off the phone. You always have, you know, just, that's, that's the thing. Why, why are they on it? 
I mean, it's the same reason that you and I are probably on our smartphones too much as well, right? I mean, we're, they're looking for connection. They're looking for validation. They're looking that, that, they, that they matter. Uh, we'd like to say, hey, go look somewhere else. But hey, it's, it's, it's easily accessible. It's right there. It's in their pocket, and they're, and they're looking there. But what's below it is that they want to be known. Jesus prioritized children. He knew them. He cared for them. In Mark 10, it says, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus saw this, and he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God is like a little child, like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. Adolescence has, has, has continued to go into the, the mid-20s. And we, it's not just that Jesus welcomed the little children. We need to continue to welcome our adolescents, our teens, our young adults in to wrap our arms around them and to, to bless them and to care for them. Um, let's share our hearts with our teens. Let's have empathy for when they struggle because they're in it. Um, Let's share our own struggles, right? We have them. We have, and they're looking for that, for us to be authentic with them, to let them know in this world there will be struggle, but that you're, but that you're not alone. You're not alone in that struggle because the number one thing killing our youth is themselves. And they, they, they need us to, to, what can we do about that? They need us to, to share our heart, to share our love that Christ has for us. And that'll change our posture towards them and it'll continue to have this place um, offer a, a, a warm, safe place for them to work um, out the struggles, right? It's a place of hope. It's a group of people who know them and will care for them even as they struggle. The only time in Scripture that we see Jesus as a teenager is when? Well, when his parents left him at church. Remember that time? Have you, have you ever left a kid at church? <laughs> no? All right. Have you ever been left at church? No? Well, anyway. You know how long Jesus was left at church? I mean, three days, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, three days. I mean, who, who fed him? He's like a teenager. Who fed him? You know, that's a lot of food, right? Yes, it's a lot of food. Teenagers eat a lot, you know. Um, who, where'd he sleep, you know? Who cared for him? I mean, the church, the church did. If you left your kids here, do you think they would they'd be cared for, for for three days? I mean, maybe, maybe. It's Beth Bowman. I mean, she's here. She'd feed them. I mean, I mean. I mean, she would. There's people that care. We're kind of that church, you know, it's kind of, kind of weird. But they would care for your kid. But, but are we like that? Um, and, uh, but what, what keeps us from often from loving teens well? Um, sometimes I think it's, it's fear. Um, just fear of not sharing. Not, we don't know how to connect. You know, it's, it's maybe a little awkward. Maybe we're feeling a little bit of out of touch with youth culture. You know, um, I mean, I feel that too, right? And, uh, but there is something that, that they're looking for that's, that's beyond, like, you know, us being cool. Um, what they're looking for is hospitality, warmth, acceptance, right? Those are, those are more the things that, that are really needed. Um, so would a young person to use these words to describe our church? I'm not saying yes or no. I mean, sometimes I think so. But welcoming, accepting, belonging, authentic, hospitable, caring, um, Actually, I've loved working at Green Tree. I think that, um, that there's a lot that is welcoming and accepting of, of students. And so, um, but I would just like to say, I think there's a lot more work, a lot more work for us to do and uh, for us to share our hearts with students. 
Today we have tons of, of students. I hope you saw them when you were coming in, walking around in their new purple t-shirts, right? Um, hopefully you'll, you notice them. Uh, maybe on your way out, you know, say hello. This can be awkward, I know. I mean, it's just, it is still is. I've been doing it for a long time. It still can be that way. I still have to get up the nerve to do that. But it still is good for us to have their church family, say hello to them, get to know them, learn their name, and then, hey, next week, maybe say hello and you know, you know their name right? That's the first step in sharing your heart with them. The next thing that we can do to help our students become deeply rooted is to share your lives. And that's an, another level down in that, right? Um, yes, young people need us to change our posture towards them, but they also need us to share our lives with them. And in 1 Thessalonians 2, it says, because we loved you so much, we are delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. It's important for us to share our lives. That's called life on life discipleship. We believe transformation happens in the context of relationships. Jesus was the ultimate life-on-life discipler, right? You can see this in the Bible. You see how he does that. He taught the masses, but he also had his 12. He also had even closer, walked with his three. Um, In fact, I know there's a joke, but you know, Jesus, his disciples weren't much older than our teenagers today. So Jesus started the church with some of the most um, on fire youth group, right, in the world has ever seen. So that's how, that's how he started off with, with some teenagers. But, but really the question kind of is, is like, um, are you getting discipled? Where are you getting discipled? And then where are you discipling? Who are you doing that kind of life-on-life ministry with? It might sound hard, but it's easier than you might think. It, it really is. Um, so what does it look like to share your life with, with young people? Well, um, my wife, Jen, when she was in high school, she babysat for a couple. Their names were Rob and Susan Taylor. They became dear friends, so much so that Jen, when she started to have different struggles at home and at school, she started talking to them about it. And they would, they would pray with her. They would talk to her. Um, they, they, they would answer her, her questions about faith. And uh, Rob and Susan just really started to share their life with her. Um, they didn't have a perfect home, right? Jen got a window into their home. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't, a, you know, they, they had struggles. But what they did model is they modeled mercy and, and grace and forgiveness and, and just, you know, what does it look like to, to journey in this life as a Christian? And, um, and they did that, and they did that well. And they shared their life with her. I'm eternally grateful to them for the time that they invested in a teenager that was coming over to babysit for them. So who babysits for you, right? I mean, there's a lot of babysitters out there, or cut your grass, right, or shovels the snow off your driveway, or, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of, of um, young people that are out there that need mentors. And uh, what is a mentor? Well, it's somebody that spends time with, right, others, and um, gets to know them. It's also like this, when Moses says about teaching our kids the law, he says, you shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. So as a community of faith, we do have a responsibility to teach the next generation, to pass it on. And they did it, though, while they were just doing normal life. And, you know, we do need Sunday school teachers, there, are, there is that, but there is just, while doing normal life, normal life not to just... Um, walk by young people, and in a sense, it's to engage, and it's to continue to help pass on um, the things that, we, that you've been taught. Yes, we do need to consider safety. Um, um, safety is a big deal for me. 
um, and we need to take it very seriously. Uh, uh, in caring for young people, there are people that do want to take advantage um, of our young people. And so we have to be careful in that, but we can't also shy away from appropriately caring for the next generation. I feel like sometimes we've pulled back too much in some ways. Um, they need appropriate touch. They need the high fives, the side hugs. You know, those things are obviously all good. But they need time with older brothers and sisters in Christ. They need that time. Um, groups of people work well for safety. I'm all for that, you know, um, that, that kind of strength in numbers and safety in that. Because as Tom says, we, we, are, we are their spiritual family. Like we are, our, we're, we're spir- a spiritual family in here. This, this is your spiritual family. And to care for those that are in it. So what does it look like? What can it look like? Um, different examples of that. I've seen Chip, you know, invite students to participate in, in the worship team. You've seen them up here. They're doing it. Um, it could be that we have men's breakfast, like invites one of the older teens to, to join in. I mean, it's good to invite the younger into, on, into the adult table, you know, maybe before they're ready. It's, but it's good to start doing that. Or to invite um, a, a young lady to the women's retreat. Or... Um, or to teach Sunday school. You have a gift in teaching. There's plenty of opportunities um, to teach our students. Or, you know how hard it is to walk into a large group of people. You guys know that feeling. And so to have people that are just there welcoming our students into Sunday school, if you're just that kind of person, like, that'd be great um, to, have, to have that going on. Or if, you're, if you want to help, um, food is one of the things that says, hey, you're welcome here. And so Sunday school, we always have food, and if you are a good cook and you want to have students feel welcome here, bring it, all right? Every Sunday we have breakfast. Why? Because we want students to know, just like donut holes do it for you, right? But we have a breakfast downstairs in a way that, that, that just says you're welcome, come, and come eat, and they do, and they eat a lot. Um, you know, or you can be like Michael Denkoff and move next to the high school and build a pool and just invite kids over all the time. I mean, you know, there is that side. That may not be you. Um, but, but as far as just think about it, that there are students around, what can you do? Um, there's a lot of coaches and teachers that are, that, are, that are getting to know and share their lives with students. And, and that's, that's what we're talking about. You can help teach them a skill. There's a lot of skills. Like, I mean, I, should, I wish someone was there for me. I don't know how to, you know, cooking, like, you know, Beth is doing that with people, right? There's skills like that, um, finances. Um, you know, Jim Gurr was here in the first service. It was like, you know, t- help teach finances. We need that. Um, Matt Schaefer does tutoring. I mean, there's, just, there's all kinds of ways that we can rub shoulders with, with teens and continue to do life with them. When we're on a, a student trip, we have ratios, right, of you know, a, a five to one ratio, or one to five as far as five kids for one adult. That's a good ratio for us as far as for safety and just, you know, keeping, keeping track of students and all that. Um, Chap Clark in, his, in one of his books was just really talking about, we need to flip that ratio over. It needs to be five to one. And five to one would be that we have five people in a congregation, in our congregation, that knows each one of our students, or that knows a student, right? So there's five people that know this one this one student. So you have five different people that are investing in their lives by knowing their name, asking well, how's it going. You know, when eventually they do off, go off to college, you know, um, Jen Abishan has, has letter writers. We're writing them a letter. They come back and it's like, oh, hey, it's good to see you because they, they're known, right? And so instead of having like just the, the minimal like one to five ratio, we're kind of flipping it. We want a five to one ratio of five people that 
that are getting to know them or doing some, some form of life-on-life ministry, you know, it could be their small group leader, could be a Sunday school teacher, could be a Sunday school teacher like Michael Dinkoff or um, Diana that, that knew them in second grade and continue to say hello to them and continue to, to ask them how's it going and what's, what, you know, what school are you in, what's going on, and it's continuing that. Um, and so we, we want to see that happen. Parents are still the number one factor in a young person's faith and growth in the gospel. You parents, you still are. And so we want to support strong families. And ideally, our church is there to support what is going on at home. And because um, you have Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. We believe that. And our church family helps those students that don't have parents that are doing that for them at home. They become spiritual parents for them and brothers and sisters that are caring for them here. And the church is a safe place for, for young people to, to start to really feel like they belong. And a church can be that, that provide that kind of warmth and safety. So the, kind of the question is, are we doing this? Are we, are we sharing our lives with students? And, uh, and the question kind of is, in, in what big or small way are you doing that? Um, sharing your, your life with the next generation that's coming up. They need you, and uh, it's kind of funny. Um, you need them probably more than you realize. Um, it is good for us to do that. It is good for the soul, and it's good for you to, to jump in and do some of that. The third and final way that we can help our students become deeply rooted is for us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, that may be uh, you know, obvious, but I want to challenge us in that. Because 1 Thessalonians 2.8 says, Because we loved you so much, we were delighted. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Are we delighted to share the gospel? I mean, so what is the gospel? It's like, oh, I do that in Sunday school. You know, they're like, oh, the first four books. I don't know. You know, it's like, yes, it's the good news. You know, just start there. It's the good news. And then, so why is it good? And then we start walking through it. But, um, you know, that while we were yet sinners, what? Christ died for us. For now, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. We are saved by, by grace. It is a free gift from God. It's the good news that we can be reconciled with God and others because of what Christ did uh, by his death and by his resurrection on the cross, right? Too many of our churches don't know the gospel, and they're not knowing it, and they're not preaching it, and they're not talking to their kids about it. They're talking more about just being a good person, good moral person, talking about being nice. How about the golden rule, right? Just, you know, do the golden rule. And, um, or they're just trying to feel better about yourself. Or, or that God's kind of a deistic God. He's there, but he's not, he's not really involved. And, and my challenge is this, that I'm just glad we're at a church that I hear the gospel. And, um, and part of it is that we got to continue to grow in the gospel Know it in such a way that we continue to teach our kids um, the gospel. Our young people need a safe place to work out their worldview. It takes time. It's, it's usually just not like instantaneous. You know, you, you read the, the, the Bible in the hotel room and, you know, it's like, oh, and then saved and that's that. and it's over. No, it's, it's a process. Sanctification takes time. And, um, and they need time to work that out and to wrestle with ideas. The world is throwing a lot of information at them. And they're trying to figure out what truth is. And uh, it just takes, it takes some time. I had two men invest in me, Craig Schwartz and Chuck Lyle. Those are two men that my youth pastor and, you know, there it is. And this is, the, they followed me like all through, from high school through college. And this was at my ordination. Uh, they both came. 
um, to my ordination. Um, Craig preached the service. You know, Chuck, I mean, he just came along. He's one of those volunteers. He just, he continued to, to follow and to care about me um, as, as I progressed, you know, just in life. And uh, we, we stayed friends um, through that. But they, they provided, they let me wrestle with my faith in a very safe place without judgment. I remember my junior year, um, as, as these, we were about to go on a missions trip to Jamaica, and they invited me to go. And um, we had a training, a training time, and they said, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about um, your faith and uh, about sharing your faith. And I was like, ah, right? Because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I was like, I freaked out. I, I don't know what I believe, you know? And, um, and they helped me um, talk about my faith, and, and it really is probably more about helping me articulate my faith more than anything else. But they were patient with me. And we worked it out, and it cemented in um, and really put me on a trajectory of to where I am today in that. Because they spent time, because they, they allowed me to, to work it out with them, and they shared their, their life with me, and they shared the gospel. And um, I, I just, as, as, as we think back about when, you know, even when you were a teen, I'm sure you made a few, you know, bad choices. Um, who stood by you? I had a couple of men that did that for me. Who welcomed you? And if no one did that for you, I mean, now it's your time that you can do that for somebody else, right? I mean, that's what you can do. We have had um, hundreds of students um, that are in contact, that our student ministry reaches. And there's a lot of spiritual formation that is being done, um, but that needs to continue to be done. So please share the gospel and word and deed with our young people. Please, Please pray that the Holy Spirit raises the next generation of gospel believers. Wouldn't that be awesome? Pray for our students and leaders. Pray that we share uh, and, uh, the good news of Jesus Christ. So in closing, I'm just, have you, uh, have you guys, anybody planted tomatoes this year yet? Yeah, planted tomatoes? I, those are so good. I, I think I planted them wrong for a while. You, you know you got to plant them what? You know? Deep, right? Yeah, it's like, it's all just kind of, you know, but no, they, they want you to plant it to where it's like below, you know, there's, the stem is like in the ground and, not, you know, they want it like below the, the, the leaves. All the, I don't know. But I, I had to read the directions eventually. But eventually, but we figured out you're supposed to plant them deep. Why? Because that's how they thrive. Now, that's what we're looking for for our students, that, that we would plant them deep so that they can remain firmly grounded. I also learned about a tree in, um, in, in South Africa that it, its roots are 400 feet deep. That's crazy, right? I mean, it's just 400 feet deep. Uh, my prayer for our church is that we would help our students plant deep. Plant 400 feet deep, right? How cool would that be? Roots that are firmly in the gospel. Roots at Green Tree Community Church that they would know where they came from. Roots that they are known by their peers, by their volunteers, by, by the elders, by, by our congregants here, that they would just be known, we have so many young people, and there are so many people that invested in me and knew me and um, poured into me over my life um, that had a lot of patience, if you know me, <laughs> a lot of patience. Uh, they made me feel welcome and I belong, and I pray that, that each one of our students would have that same feeling um, and, and they could say that same thing from, from walking out from Green Tree. So as you leave today, say hello to some of our students. They're, they're already getting going outside. Um, learn their name, like I said, for the next time you see them. Um, that's not too hard to do. You can do that. You can join in um, on a nine square game or a carpet ball. That stuff's still going on. Um, or somebody that's going to Honduras, talk to them about their trip. They have a, a special shirt on for Honduras as well. We like t-shirts, obviously. Um, but 
Our sermon in a sentence was, if, the, if we desire the next generation to be deeply rooted in their faith, we must wholeheartedly wrap our arms around our young people and let them know that they are loved and cared for by their Savior and their church family. And this is the last verse. I hope this is true of us. I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. Let's pray. God, you are faithful to your people. We give you praise and glory for who you are. We thank you for the students you have brought to Green Tree. We ask that you do a mighty work in and through them. From second grade through college. I pray that your spirits would bring an awakening to our church. That we would repent of sin and love the gospel all the more. Thank you for loving young people the way you do, and for giving them priority. Help us to welcome them into our hearts and church. Give us a vision to care for the next generation the way that you have cared for us. In your name we pray. Amen.